Listening Dog Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rocket with Kieran Bracken, the rugby podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Welcome back to Rocket with me, your host, Kieran Bracken. Unfortunately, Nick Easter is coaching up in Newcastle. But very exciting time now. Uh, we will be discussing all things rugby for the Six Nations. And this week, uh, my guest is the legend, the Lions, the Scotland fly half, Craig Chalmers. Rocket with Kieran Bracken. Oh, thanks for coming on the uh, on Rocket. I just want to. Uh, I, I just realised I did check up on Wikipedia with you. I didn't realise this, but you're not even the best rugby player in your family because your sister. Is your sister- Don't you start as well? Everyone says that. So it is true. Got more, she got more caps in Scotland than you, did she? Yeah, she got more caps, and uh, she actually she's actually dual international as well. She actually played hockey for Scotland as well. So uh, yeah, she jacked hockey in after about two caps because it probably didn't get as much support as rugby got at the time. And uh, yeah, she was she was she was a good player. She was always a bit of a tomboy, and. Uh, yeah, she was good at football. She's good. She's a plays a plays a. She can beat me at golf now as well. Yes. Thankfully, she lives in Australia, so uh, I don't play very often. But she, she, yeah, do you know when you, were, when you were playing? When you were playing for Scotland, though, and you had a bit of a shocking game or whatever, was she on your back? Was she like, "Oh, come on, Craig, that was that was shit. That was rubbish." Was she? Was she at you because she's an international herself? No, it was you. Well, yeah, she probably she probably got capped about sort of mid mid to late nineties. Uh, so yeah, I had a few shockers before then. So, but yeah, no, she she was she was you know she was great. She was good. She, yeah. she would give me some. She would give me some advice, and it was normally good advice as well. So yeah, um, yeah, I respected her, her opinion. Um, so so yeah. listen, do you know what? There's so much to talk about before I talk about the Calcutta Cup once again. Um, which seems quite weird after this really weird 2020, even stranger 2021, is um, I just, you know, how's uh, COVID affected you? I got COVID, by the way. I caught it from my eldest. Um, oh, and so, yeah, it was a bit it was a bit weird. It didn't affect me too much, just a bit of a, a, bit of a cough, a bit of a headache. Um, I didn't really get long COVID, but my eldest, Charlie, uh, struggled. He took a longer time to recover. You haven't had it, Eddie? Or anyone in the family? No, touch wood, I've not, I've not, you know, it's just obviously been, like everybody else, it's been frustrating how long it's gone on for, but obviously, you know, it's, it's pretty serious and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people didn't take it seriously, still aren't taking it seriously, but uh, thankfully, you know, the vaccine is getting rolled out, but one or two guys have had it, and uh, Brian Redpath, you know, one of your old adversaries, uh, he had it quite badly. Wow. Um, he, he caught it, he caught it at uh, Cheltenham, Um he was in Cheltenham, that's when he got it. And he was real bad. He's got quite bad uh, asthma. 
and uh, he he was suffering really badly. And I phoned him actually. And he, he hardly talked to be fair. Really? Um, yeah, but thankfully, yeah, he's 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 fine now and uh, back in the bike and running and doing stuff. So um, yeah, no, listen, I think it just affects different people differently. And uh, I've been out on a night with you, and you are made of stern stuff, all right. So I know <laughs> that if you got it, I'm telling you now. You would fly. You would be absolutely fine. You know I mean? Nah, you, well, you just don't know. I mean, I, I think it's one or two people have had it, and have they phoned me up and said, "You know, I've, I've got it." You know, and it takes a couple of days to set in. You know, like next door neighbor had it, uh, you know, two down, and he was fine at the start, and then it just hit him. And likewise, an old colleague of mine also had it two days later, even in the hospital. So wow. uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't in you know in the ICU. It was on oxygen, but I mean, still you know, it, I think it's a lot to do with how well you look after yourself. And I think uh, you know, actually, I've lost a lot of weight in lockdown. I've, I've I think it's been the, the one good thing about COVID is uh, no the no dinners the no dinners obviously not earning much money out of dinners and hospitality and such like. Yeah. But it might have saved my life. With uh, with the weight that I've lost, not drinking and eating uh, functions and such like. So listen, yeah, I, I've lost a bit of weight. I feel I feel hit, as fit as I did. I just about touched twelve stone the other day. Shut up! You did not twelve. No, no, no. I just I just stone. not twelve stone, but I just about saw twelve on the scales. I was thirteen point zero eight after a cycle, and uh, well, that's the same as me. I'm. I'm- I'm dead on 13 stone as well. I was 14 stone and I've um, I've got down I was to 15. I was 15. I was 15. I, I, when I came back, when I came back from New Zealand 217 Lions tour, um, I was 15 stone eight. Uh, and, you know, and that was just, you know, that sort of gave me a bit of a shock and I started to lose a bit then. And then just got the got on the bike and started to use a bike a lot more and uh yeah, just out for a quick spin here and there, and a, a few long spins on uh, on Sundays with uh, a guy called Buster White. Buster, you remember yeah. Buster White? Yes. Yeah. Mad yeah. backwards forward. So we go we go for a, spin, a big spin on a Sunday normally, but yeah, it's a great way to exercise, and especially when you you know like ourselves, I've had a lot of knee damage over the years. Uh, Running is not the best thing for us, so uh, getting the bike has uh, has been great and. You know, when the weather is good, it's fantastic. When it's not, when it's not so good, it's not so great. But, no, absolutely. Yeah. But no, I was surviving. We're surviving. We're surviving. You know, business is quite good. So, right. This is really. This is like you know. This is really exciting week, isn't it? The opening of the Six Nations and um, the old rivalries come to the fore. And you know, there's lots of games that I know that you had in the early days. I know it was, it was like black and white then, wasn't it? But it was. Uh, it was such a different era when you know when when you played. I mean, the Calcutta Cup was just—I tell you what—it was something else. Before we talk about this game, I just want to get your memories of um, you know the the rivalry was just second to none, wasn't it? I mean, it was just phenomenal. <clears throat> it was. It was. It was. It was intense back in those days. And my first game against England, uh, well, my second cap was against England at Twickenham, and it was twelve all draw. Um, that was the last. Previous to the 38 all draw, that was the last time we got as close. And to be fair, I'm, I'm going to take that as a win because we scored only try that day, and England had, I think, three penalties and a drop goal. So, yeah. Yeah, in, in new in new scoring terms, we'd have won that game 13-12. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going to take that. 
But uh, yeah, twelve all game that year, and it was two good two good teams at, at that point in time, early nineties, and the year after, obviously we were back in Murrayfield, and there was a famous Grand Slam game, which obviously which obviously we won, uh, and then the year after, back at Twickenham. It was we were going for a triple crown, I think, that year at Twickenham. We lost that game, uh, tight game again. There was never many tries in these games, you know. No. Even 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 going to '95, where we played you for the Grand Slam decider in '95, and you were you were in the team at that point. Yeah, um, that there was no tries in that game that day. No, um, you know, we'd one or two chances, but dropped goals, penalties. Um, you know, so there was you know a lack of a lack of tries in those games, but there were there were great games to be involved in. But I think the rival, I don't know what I don't know what it was with with Will Carling and Brian Moore and and you guys as well. But there was there was this extra host, feeling of hostility, wasn't it? Against I think that, that came that that came from 1990. Yeah, definitely. I think the abuse that the English boys got when they came to Scotland in 1990 when. You know, Margaret Thatcher was going through the poll tax stuff with the Scottish Scots, and you know, they just there was a resentment. There was a there was a, a horrible, nasty, you know, feeling in the air. Not from the players. You know, it was another game to us. You know, it was just you know, England. It was a big. It is. You know, listen, you've all seen the advert for the Six Nations about yeah. who you, <laughs> you know who you want to, to be or not to win or whatever. And, yeah. and you know, England, England that at that point. Suffer, you know, they, they they took that badly, um, and quite rightly so, because they were the favourites coming to Murrayfield in '90, and uh, I think that probably was the making of them uh, for that team, that generation, right through to '90. They won the Grand Slam in '91, '92, '95. I think we all captain three Grand Slams. I think in, in the think, end, um, say, yeah. But we got our vengeance on that. Was it? The, was it? Was it the the World Cup '91 where? Gavin Hastings missed in front of the post. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a nightmare. That was a, that was such a tight game as well. You know, we to get through the semi final, and we had it in Murrayfield, which was you know brilliant for us. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the atmosphere that day was amazing. It was an yeah. absolutely shit game. It was a terrible yeah. game. Um, but we had the chance. We had that chance to. We were actually threatening the line to get a score a try, and, and Gav got pretty close. And I think I don't know what happened, but Gav got a knock in the leg. He, I mean, it was virtually level with the right-hand post, as you look at it, uh, clock in the Murrayfield. And for, I don't know, we just, we just thought you'll just knock it over and, you know, 9-6, we've got to be five minutes left, you know. And he missed it and England got another end. And I think Rob Andrew had a fantastic kick in the corner and, and uh, yeah, good field position. And, you know, Rob dropped the goal. I mean, I can't, I've got a photograph of... Somewhere in the bottom of a drawer, somewhere of me diving in the air, trying to get my hands <laughs> on the ball. As it, as it, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was painful. But you know, it was yeah. Listen, it, it's 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 sport, and it's unfortunate. Unfortunately, you remember that you remember the the defeats like that more than you remember the victories. I think sometimes. Yeah, um, what, what I find interesting though about you know there's this rivalry, and it's 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 a strange week because you know. The Autumn's Nations Cup was a bit bit strange. It was rubbish rugby to watch. Um, you look at Scotland though, and you look at the talent that they've got individually now. Um, they've had a you know very average World Cup, uh, but then you know they've got they've got signs a couple of years ago. The 38, 
38 draw at Twickenham was just unbelievable. And I think what, one of the things is, you know, England, on the other hand, playing very boring rugby, uh, are very efficient in what they do. Um, they're, they're missing some key people, which might matter. But what's really interesting for this first game, I think, is the fact that um, COVID has hit and there's no fans, okay? And so if you look in football now, there's a more way wins than there are home wins for the first time in the history of the Premier League. Now, I'm, I don't know whether in reality the Twickenham crowd really helped the England team like it would at Murrayfield, like it would for your team. But there's something tells me that there's actually... I think, a window of opportunity for Scotland to get England on the hop. They've got injuries in the front row. They can't train as a squad because of uh, some of them are isolating the coaches. They've only got a squad of 28 players to train. They haven't got two full sides. So it's all, and they've got new faces coming in. They've got some injuries. And then you look at Scotland and you think, okay, well, you know, they, we don't know what Scotland team is going to come, what the game plan's going to be. Is it going to be run everything like they've tried to do in the past, or is it going to be pragmatic? But you do have the talent. This is my opinion. I look at the odds, and the odds, I think, are just way off. You do have the talent to win this game, don't you? No, we do. I think uh, I think the, the, the crowd will have an effect. The empty stadiums do have an effect on the players. Um, the biggest thing for me is, I think, with looking at this game is, Maybe the Saracens players that are playing in England team that will be—they've played no rugby. Um, you know, okay, not many of the players that are playing the Six Nations will have played over the last couple of weeks. But you know, the Saracens players, especially the Owen Farrells, the Jimmy Georges of this, of this world, they've played very little rugby. And to go into an international match, which is we we all know is a is a step up from from club rugby, um, it is going to be tough. But I think I think it, I think Scotland. This is you know, listen. It's always we've not won it. We've not won it. Twickenham since 1983. Um, you know, 20, what's it, 20, 20, 38 years ago. 38 years ago. Um, a couple of years ago, we came back and I thought we'd done it. I don't know how we got back from 31-7 down, but to get back and be leading 38-31 and to get it stoned at the end there. <laughs> but you know, it's going to happen sometime. So you know, why not this year? I think we've got some good players. I think the World Cup was really disappointing for us. We we played some poor rugby. I think Gregor realised that he made some poor decisions. They were trying to play rugby, crazy fast rugby in rubbish conditions. You can't do that. You know, you, they're, they're playing far more pragmatically in the in the Autumn Nations Cup, and I think you'll see that develop even more into into the Six Nations. I think having Finn Russell back is, is, a, is a massive plus. You know, missed him. Missed him. Um, what was your you know, take on that, by the way? What was your take on the Elfin Russell saga? Honestly, I think it was too much. And I think if Greg Laidlaw had been the captain, no disrespect to, to Hoggy. I think Hoggy's done a good job, but uh, it was just sort of first sort of role as captain. If if if, if Greg Laidlaw had been there, I think he's taken Finn Russell aside and, you know, it was over a couple of pints of lager, you know. I mean, <laughs> Jesus You'd be getting dropped for that back in our day if you didn't drink a couple of pints of lager. <laughs> yeah, okay. for not drinking, you get dropped. Not, for, not, for not going out, you get you get dropped. Yeah. Um, but you know, listen, I think it could be handled far better. We can't yeah. afford to lose any 
world-class players. And Finn is, he is a world-class player. Um, and I think he's matured. I was always worried about him going to France. I always thought maybe it wasn't the right move for him, but I think it's been a brilliant move for him. He's playing behind a, a pack that's very powerful and providing good ball. And he's got some great guys outside him um, that can get him over the game line. And he can, and he, you know, his kicking game is fantastic. He's probably got the best kicking game, um, you know, in the in the world. Probably just just his range of kicks is unbelievable, as we've seen over the over the last few years. Um, so I think having him back is a huge buzz and a huge buzz for the buzz for the squad. I think our back row is excellent. I think our, our biggest problem at the moment is hookers. We've got two hookers out at the moment. Yeah, uh, it looks like George Turner will start. Who's a good player, really good player, and will do. It will not let anybody down. And I think number eight is a big issue for us. A big ball carrying number eight. Mm. I'm not sure if they're going to go for Gary Graham, who's been playing excellent uh, at uh, Newcastle. Or Nick Haining, who was in uh, last year, he got in and, and played well. I think it's a real issue for us, number eight, a big ball carrying number eight. Because Hamish Watson and Hamish Watson, Richie uh, are great players. And, and you I mean, know, you've real- got, I mean, the, the area, the area of the game, I suppose that is becoming more important these days, especially international rugby, is the scrum. Um, and I think your line out is pretty good, uh, but your scrum. You know, with Sutherland, you've got Peter de Villiers, um, you know, coaching you. And there's something tells me that if you look at the England pack at the moment, missing, you know, Sinclair, Mako, um, you know, a couple of players, Joe Launchbury, who is who's, who's the ballast behind these players. Something tell me that I, I, I read a, an interview with, with Rory Sutherland saying that's an area that they're going to attack. Now, I think if you look at the World Cup final, England against South Africa, that was one area that actually literally was their DNA of how they won. If you win the scrum, you get your penalties, you get field position, you know, psychologically it's huge. And I kind of think that if you look at the England squad and the way they've played, let's be honest, and I would like to get your opinion on the Ford Farrell and the style of rugby with England, but let's face it, if you if you, if you don't have parity up front, then you're going to really struggle. And what England have done over the last, under Eddie Jones, over the last four years is, is they've dominated physically, right? They've just dominated you. They've played very average rugby, kicking everything, force you into a mistake, almost like a Saracens-type uh, game plan. But this Scotland team, if you can get parity or, or win, start winning the scrum, unsettling them, getting field position, I kind of got this feeling that it could really go Scotland's way. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think that... You know, England losing Sinclair and Marler as well. You know, yeah. There's a bit of weakness there. And I think Rory Sutherland has been fantastic. You know, he, actually, not just his scrummaging, he's been good. He's, he's, uh, his ball carrying has been yeah. excellent. And he's a real, you know, he's one of the real candidate for the Lions uh, if it takes place. And and Xander, Mac, Xander Faggerson as well, um, you know, good, strong boy. And we've got, I think, I don't know who, who else will go with on the bench, but we've got a real depth in, in props now. So if we can get party, I can't remember the last time. I don't think I was certainly not involved in any pack that I played behind that dominated England. We had parity before, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we played against England, the role was massive. I mean, that team yeah. you had in 1985, the back row was huge. Um, so Tim Robert, what was it? It was Tim Robert, Dean Richards and, and Steve Clark. Ojo and Clarkett. I mean, just massive, just massive. Oh. 
yeah, it was horrible coming down my channel, Ben Clark. Well, yeah, John, then John, then Johnson, uh, Martin Johnson, Martin Bayfield, six yeah, foot nine, yeah. six foot ten. I mean, horrible. Jason Leonard, uh, Victor Abu, Brian Moore. I mean, bloody yeah. hell, just power. Massive. Massive. Yeah, it was the biggest pack of, it was big and horrible. It was, but we don't we don't dominate teams really up front in that area. We look to try and get quick ball. If we can get quick ball and get in the front foot, because you know what it's like playing scrum half. It's so much easier to play. Yeah. When, the, when, we, when you're going forward off quick yeah. ball for line out get over the gain line you know yeah. and that's going to be interesting but as well for scones who they, who they pick in the center because it's still a massive issue for us yeah i really i really really hope they go with this cam red path Baz's young kid yeah how was that how has that happened he's we, we've made him the player he is Craig, I mean, he's he's played England twenty. He's coming with swooping and brushes, brushes, brushes given in the chat, and he's coming. He's, you know, he's he's made a really good decision because let's be honest, um, would Eddie Jones have picked him for England in the centres? No, I think he's made a good decision. No, I don't think he would have. Um, yeah. But I, I, th- I think I've got a feeling. I don't know. I've not got any inside knowledge. Yeah. But I, th- I think that I think they might play him against England in this in this game. I play him. Probably Harris at, at 13. He's, he's been solid, good defensively. Yeah. I still like to see Hugh Jones regain his form that he wore, had two or three years ago. I yeah. think he's great going forward. It's just his defence that lets him down a little bit. I think our back three are, you know, well, we've got Hoggy at fullback, obviously captain the team who can do some great things. Yeah. And Darcy Grahams, who's been a re- revelation since he's come in. You know, yeah. small, not very big, but Shane Williams, tight winger. Yeah. Quick, strong, elusive and you've got uh, the Jock Bock, uh, Van der Merver, um, on, on the wing, with the option of Blair Kinghorn as well, on the bench probably. So I think we've got real real strength in, in, in our back line. Can really, can Brian Redpath, I mean, I know you'd like to see him start, but, yeah, you know, that, that I tell you what, that that is some, that's a tough debut, isn't it, against England, Calcutta, Calcutta Cup. But maybe no, that's what they need. Would you not no. worry about his size? You know, he's he's a guile player, isn't he? He's not a he's not a run over people player. No, he's not. But he's physical. He's he's physical, and he's. I think he's a. I mean, I don't know how much about him, but I think he's a good communicator as well. Um, I think he went straight into that semi final against uh, Exeter last year and impressed. Yeah, and in that game for me, you know, he, he was never he wasn't shying away from anything. He's not scared to attack. He's you know he's got a little bit of a break in him. He's got a great offload. You know he's got long levers to get. Out. So I I I don't think he's he he doesn't want to hold any fear. And he's a bit like Brush. He's, he's, he looks tough. Um, how's, you know, how's he going to understand anyone though with his English accent? Who like come on boys? Do you think he'll get the right anthem <laughs> when they sing the anthems? Oh shit! What's the word? What's the word? You're You'll fit in well then. I'm not sure if you'll understand Finn very well, but uh, <laughs> the Sterling lads, or him and him and Ali Price are still the Sterling boys. But I think he'd be good for Finn. I think he'd be. I think he'd be a good, yeah. uh, you know, a good working with Finn. Uh, 10, 12 access. Okay, I'm just going to ask you, but just um, that, so that's Scotland, and I think you're right. You know, you have got some really good players. Whether they can gel as a team and come out with our, the right. The, the autumn nations and, and rugby in the last year for me has been really disappointing. And if you had this England team and you think of the likes of Daly, you think of May, you think of P- 
pace. You think of all of the opportunities. But England have gone, they've recessed into this idea of like kick tennis. And, and actually, we may criticise that and say, well, we want to see more rugby. We want to be inspired. But it's winning rugby. And that, and that, and I think the, you know, the revelation about um, sort of making the contest at the breakdown of 50-50 decision means that people are very scared now of running anything and actually tactically the thing to do is kick it. And it's not good for the game. It's boring. It's awful to watch. Yeah, after the Autumn Nations, Nations Cup, it was it was dire. It was horrible yeah. to watch. The only team that were worth watching in that were France and even the second team who should have beaten England at Twickenham that day. Yeah. They, they, they deserved to win that game. They, you know, there was two, they think there was a penalty and a knock-on that, that weren't given. Um, but, you know, England have got great players in the back line, but they just have this seem, it's, it's, it's a bit of a sadness. They're actually better without the ball sometimes, that they're scared yeah. to play with them. Um, but after the after that Nations Cup, you went into European stuff, and I saw some brilliant rugby in a yeah. two or three period. Players threw off the shackles and and they were you know they were playing with a bit of freedom, ambition. You know that's what you want to see. And I, I, I would you know, listen. I'd love to see all teams, but all teams can't be the same. Yeah, they can't be the same. You know, if every team was the same, it'd be a pretty boring game to watch. So you've got different teams have got different strengths. And as someone was saying before, what, who, who would you rather have in your in your team, Finn Russell or Owen Farrell, or, or you know? And somebody, somebody, I think it was a Delali who said, Lawrence said, he said, well, you know, I'll have uh, Finn's box of tricks or his video reel and I'll have uh, Owen Farrell's traffic trophy cabinet, you know. So wow. it boils really? down to, you know, sometimes pragmatic will override the flair. And how yeah. often, you know, percentage-wise, how often does it work? Um, I think Finn's uh, exuberance and his ambition and the way that Scotland are trying to play, because at the end of the day, you know, if it's going through Finn, that's how you're going to play. Yeah, you're yeah. going to kick it. He kicked away a lot of ball back in the day when he first started. A lot of bad kicks, you know, yeah. bad touch kicks, bad chip kicks, bad gubber kicks. He's learned an awful lot. I think he's learned yeah. when to use them and why he's using them. Whereas I think at times he just kicked for the sake of it. I think now he's far cleverer, he's far more mature, and he's using it far, far better. And I think that I think the pragmatic game plan that Scotland have got is going to be, you know, is going to come to the fore in the next two or three years. But just back in England, I, I just think if I was playing in the England back three, I'd be, I'd be gutted because you guys are winning a lot of good ball. You're dominating teams up yeah. front. I got frustrated when I look at some of the Premiership rugby, but I did see a game of, um, I saw Bristol play against Bath and I've got a feeling that that's going to be, that's going to be the DNA over the next year or so where teams are going to start trying to play, you know, play expansive rugby. Hopefully they'll ring fence the Premiership because I think that gives you the freedom because, you know, you don't have that hanging over you, you know, the, the relegation, but just uh, being a fly half from yourself, um, I would like to get your opinion, you know, uh, before we finish just on the other nations. But the Ford-Farrell axis, you know, we had, you know, Ford at 10. He's a lovely playmaker, but you end up having two kickers, really, who are very good kickers who can control the game. And because you have those two, whilst Ford is maybe the flair player, Farrell a pragmatic player, but two very tactical kickers, you kind of get this sense that because it's going through those two all of the time, 
it always ends up being, I mean, some of the kicks, I don't know whether you saw, were not only, they were aimless kicks. They were just like, we don't want the ball because we are in our third. So you have the ball and we'll just defend. So I kind of get frustrated watching them. And I've seen them play a different style of rugby, which they can do. And that's that for me is so frustrating. No, they can do, and I think I think I think I think Owen can play that game in the front foot as well. I don't think he plays it maybe quite as well as uh, as George Ford at times. George is, is passing uh, is, is very crisp. He gets flatter. He gets a bit flatter yeah. than Owen at times. Yeah. Um, but Owen is a fly half. He's a fly half. I mean, but he's always been moved out to into the into the centre because he's more physical uh, yeah. as well. Obviously, and, and you know, people will target. George Ford as a, as a small ten who doesn't not get the biggest tackle in the world. You're always going to get go forward if you get down his channel and bring him into yeah. play. Um, if you play Owen a, a fly half, you know you're not going to get that. You're going to get something meets you head on head, you know, yeah. and, and and maybe knocks you back. Um, but then you've got you got the likes of you got the likes of uh, two who's injured. He's a big miss for England, I think. A fully fit Tuolangi, but it doesn't seem to be fit nowadays. So you know how much how much more they'll get out of him is another well, issue. Adogwu but... is, um, if I've said that, Adogwu, the uh, centre for a wasp. He's yeah, he's he's young, he's yeah. young, you know. So you know, I don't. Th- I think Slade's a good player. I think Slade on the front foot, he can hurt people. He's got great pace. Yeah, uh, he's got good skills, um, but he needs to get the ball on the front foot and running at people. Let's get your prediction of England-Scotland before we just do a quick review of the other game. So, give me the score. Scotland, uh, England Jeez. against Scotland. We'll see. I think, I think it's going to be quite tight. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be 20, 23-21 to Scotland. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. It's so, going to be. Right. Listen, if, just, I, just, I just got a feeling if we can get that parity up front, then... I think uh, I think you know Finn can work a bit magic yeah. with that backline. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict I'm gonna predict a great start from Scotland. Okay, I'm gonna predict Scotland winning at half time. All right, and then England are gonna bore the shit out of you, right? <laughs> and then we're gonna, Daly's Daly's gonna kick three from the ten yard from the halfway line, <laughs> and we're just gonna kick everything away like kick tennis. It'll be a couple of mistakes and we'll win by five points and everyone will go, what a load of shite that was, but we'll win. So there you go. So let's have a quick, just just a quick uh, five minutes on the other nations. Um, you know, if you look at, so we're obviously very excited about France and what they can do, but they are missing yeah. a couple of players, you know, uh, Entomac uh, missing, but they've got other players, Pernod coming back, but they've got young players they look exciting. You know, they did a great job in the Autumn Nations, Six Nations, the World Cup coming around the corner. Sean Edwards is a great addition for them. Fabian Gaut you know, looks great with his glasses, his skiing glasses. There's something about the French team that you kind of go, do you know what? They've got it. They, they can win the World Cup. Yeah. They can win the Six Nations. Uh, they can. I mean, when I first started playing for Scotland, France were an incredible team. Yeah. The likes of Sella and Blanco and Berbizier. Combe Ribeiro, some of the, yeah. these, they, they weren't just the backs that could play, the forwards could play as well. You know, yeah. Caban, Lauren Caban, you to play against him as well when he was at Queen's. Benazi, Abdel Benazi. Great players, you know, and and I think they're getting back to it. They're getting back to the way they used to play um, yeah. with that ambition. What, they, what do you call the scrum half? Dupont. Dupont. Oh, what a player. He's an unbelievable player. And, and you've got, you know, you've got, 
The missing yeah. back of tower who's injured though, that's a bit of a problem for them. That's a that's a miss for them. But they've got they showed they showed with the players that they brought in for the England the, the yeah. nation's game that they've got they've got a bit of depth there. And I think that uh you, you know, I think uh, Sean Edwards showed what a difference he made to yeah. these guys. I mean they're obviously shit scared of him as well. Um, <laughs> look at him, he's a scary looking animal. <laughs> <laughs> that's half the battle yeah. what about Wales though I mean Wales Wales I do, do you know what flat to deceive I mean you know what what I mean what a sinking ship the Wayne Pivot he's you know one guy had just done so well with that team got the best out of them and then he's just left them a dead rubber I mean I don't know whether it's well, it, it, it reminds me of it reminds me of David Moyes at uh, Man United yeah uh, coming after <laughs> Alex yeah. that is perfect it is exactly. I feel sorry for Wayne Piviak. I think they've tried to, they've they've tried to change things a little bit. Try to be a, play a bit more rugby, and yeah. and the players are getting caught in between the two styles. It's the same players, virtually the same players. They've had one or two injuries, but it's virtually the same players. I'm not. I mean, I'm not worried about t- Wales too much. I would say. I'd, I think Wales. I think Wales will will come good. Good, good, good players. I think yeah. they've got good players. They've got yeah. a bit of depth there. They've got one or two injuries that they had, and. One or two players aren't maybe back to what they were, but it's a big year as well. And if this Lions tour is is going to go ahead at some place somewhere, if it does, then players are going to step up. And yeah. you know, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Warren doesn't want to take you know, too many Scots. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be more Scots. I'm sure. So let's just finish off. I mean, it, it, Italy are still developing, and you know they have they've got a terrible record now in the Six Nations. Yeah. They have, but, they have, but I think it's, I think Italy, they are still trying to play rugby. They, they, they show some great signs, you know, this great, you know, great tries, scoring tries in games, showing a bit of ambition. They actually, they've actually gone the other way. They they used to be when they came into the Six Nations or before, even before that, they were very very strong up front, yeah. very very strong up front. They would they would demolish us up front. When we played in, in the scrums and stuff, easy. Yeah. And uh, they've actually not, they don't do that now. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit like Argentina used to be a bit like that as well, but maybe not as much as it used to be. Um, so, yeah, they, they've got, I think they can still offer offer something. And I'd love to see Franco Smith, you know, get them sorted out and, and start yeah. getting a few victories because it needs, they need to, they need to for the championship, they need to for themselves. Um, because as long as they keep finishing last, then the, the questions will be asked whether they're, you know, someday I should come in. So let's just finish off with Ireland before I finish off with Ireland. I wanted just to get a last uh, question on the Lions. But Ireland, um, you know, with the World Cup, they've got some great players, legends in there, but there doesn't seem to be, you know, younger players like Johnny Sexton, Conor Murray, they're still there. They've got great players in the back row. I think the the biggest signing for for them at the moment is Paul O'Connell, has come in as as uh, forwards coach, so that'll be really interesting. But and you've been here before, but I think the problem that they had was with Joe Smith. They had a very detailed plan of action, and I think with Andy Farrell, I think it's the better way to go is to be playing what you see, and that takes time for them to develop that. But the thing is with Johnny Sexton, Conor Murray, and these guys, you know, you never know what quite what you're going to get. You never know whether you're going to, they're going to dominate in a certain area or they're going to play a different style of rugby. They're, they're, they're progressing nicely, but I can see them. This is probably their preferred home and away games. They last won the Grand Slam in 18. 
And it's the same sort of home v France and England and away against the others. So this could be their moment to sort of shock us all. Yeah, no, I, I think they're a good team. They've still got good players. I think they're uh, Conor Murray and, and Sexton. They're 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 still playing reasonably well. They're not they're yeah. not at the level they used to be at. No. They're, not, they're not playing as well as they used to be, and they don't have the young guys coming through. There's a guy Byrne who's a, a, who, who from Leinster, who's a, a good fly half, tall, same kind of build as as Johnny, yeah. and uh, who, who's coming through. But I, I think uh, you know, I think out wide they've got some good players. The, the Kiwi winger, I can't remember his name. Um, plays in the wing. The guy that's come in, the Kiwi guy. He's he's been good since he's come yeah, in. Yeah, it's James Lowe, isn't it? Is it James, James Lowe? That's that. James Lowe is a is a great asset. He's a great one of these wingers that works off the ball, turns yeah. up at all parts of the field. Yeah. And they've got you know they've got a great they've got great forwards. You know you've got great back row. They've got great second rows. Um, and and the front row is always strong. They've always got depth there. So yeah. I think they they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat. They're always tough to beat. It just depends. Yeah. Uh, just depends how they play it and how and and how Sexton and and the halfbacks play. Because I think they are. They've reached a peak. I don't think they're they'll reach that again. They might do in their game, but uh, yeah. consistently, I'm not sure. I think, but I do think it's a very open Six Nations. But on the background of it all, look, and you know, you got the Lions coming up, and every game is going to be a trial for the Lions. And you were there, you know. I think you went to New Zealand, and what, what a great. I mean, I, I missed out on the 97, but ended up getting called out on the 97 lines. And it was one of the best things I ever, ever experienced. I didn't get a cap like you did, but there's something about it that's so special. But as a player, when you're in that position, you're playing for your country and in the back of your mind, you know, the Farrells, the Jamie Georges, you know, the Ackies, the CJ Standers, they're all these players, you know, all, all new players, you know, even like Redpath, who's making his debut, somewhere along the line might say, do you know what, if I play well, I'm on the... So this is this is great. Now, firstly, you know, Australia now putting up the hand saying, look, well, why don't you come here? Which is, I think it's great to have another option. I quite like the idea is if you can't go there, why don't they come here? Because in a way, I think if we can have crowds in, in the UK, it would be fantastic for Scotland for England, for, for for Ireland, for Wales, to have a Lions tour at home because of COVID, it just show, might show what we can do in this strange world. Now, a lot of people say, would say, well, the Lions is about touring. The Lions is all about the fans. The Lions is about 30,000 people going away, uh, you know, from their families, getting pissed, doing all sorts of stupid stuff. And, yeah. and that's the, the magic of it. But I'm not sure. I kind of feel that, in a way, if we can't do that because it's too hard to do it, rather than go to Australia, bring them here. You know, we're all the Scots, the English, and the Welsh, and everyone. We'll, we'll be singing along together for the first time. You know, on home soil, and I think it would be something really special. And I think it would make a lot of money. I think if we can have um, sort of like the TV rights. And I think South Africa will make a lot more money. And in a way, but South Africa might say no because they might say too much an advantage for the Lions. Yeah, maybe. But I think <clears throat> ideally we want it in South Africa, but that's just not going to happen, I think. I really don't think that's no. going to happen. No. Not with uh, the variant over there. And, you know, you got to remember a lot of people that go on Lions tours are people who can afford it and they're older as well. And yeah. um, you don't want to get COVID over in South Africa, I don't no. think. Uh, in, in the next few months but if they can have it 
you know, don't take it to Australia. Don't go to Australia. No. Have it here. Have it here in August, you know, late July, August, uh, if possible. And, you know, I think the money, the money will be there. And it shouldn't be about money. I know all the old, old guys are saying, you know, it's all about touring and, well, it is, but rugby has changed an awful, an awful lot since I went to Alliance Tour in 89 to Australia. I mean, I was 20 years old. I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I was only, I was only worried about getting capped for Scotland. I just realised after the second game of the Five Nations back in, that, that, that there was an actual tour to Australia. So, <laughs> you know, I missed out in 93. I broke my arm against uh, against England in the last game of the Five Nations. So I missed that, I missed that one. And then I didn't get picked and I was a standby for 97. Um, but then tore my hamstring. Uh, so, you know, listen, it, Alliance 2 is special, very, very special, and, and it creates a bond that you that can never be broken, especially winning tours like 97, the one that you were on, <clears throat> and 89, the one that I was on. Uh, you know, those guys, English, Welsh, Irish, uh, and Scots, you know, th- th- there is that sort of bond and that band of brothers sort of mentality that, you know, went on those two months. We were there for two months in Australia. You know, it was it was fantastic. It was great fun. Um, we trained hard. We played hard off the field. Yeah, we, we just had a brilliant time. And it's you know it's something that will never be erased from 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 our memories. You know, it's uh, yeah. and uh, you know so to experience that. You know, I just you know I'm you know wishing all the Scottish guys because I want as many Scots in that tour as possible to experience what I've experienced. And you know, you know what it's like. Um, it's yeah. magnificent, and you know, days. You know, they, you you only get one or two opportunities, and sometimes it's about timing. And yeah. as I, as you said before, some like young Cam Redpath coming into the Scottish team, if he gets his chance, it's about taking it. It's about timing, you know. <clears throat> and uh, you know, there's there's a whole lot of guys out there, 60, 70, 80, 90 guys probably think they can go. Yeah. So uh, you know. Brilliant. Let's see what happens. But I, listen, if, if if they can't have it in South Africa, delay it for a year or have it have it over here. Murrayfield, yeah. uh, Dublin, Cardiff, and Twickenham. Four test series, one or two warm up games against you maybe the Babas. Some I don't know. You can. Yeah. There's ways of doing it. And I, I agree. I think it'd be awesome. But listen, I've taken up loads of your time, and I love the fact that at the start of it, your wife came on first. So I, th- I thought I'd interview her about you or about rugby. But you've been very entertaining. <laughs> and more sense. And I, I'm, I've got this special app on my computer. It can interpret accents. So I understood everything you said, my man. You many and, subtitles. Uh, and I, I, what I'll do, I'll have a five. I'll have a five about with you that um, that England win. Um, at the weekend, and it goes it goes exactly the way I I said. Scotland come out firing, winning at halftime. You're all excited with your beer, and England are going to win with the most boring rugby that no one will care about in years to come. Yeah, it's not it's not going to be the same, obviously, with cows not being there and us not being there. But no, exactly. you know, it's still happening, and and uh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It's the best time yeah. of the year. All right, well, listen, thanks thanks for your time on Rocket and uh, much appreciated, mate. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for listening, Rocket. And, of course, thanks to our special guest in Craig Chalmers. Uh, Next week, we will be discussing and reviewing all the Six Nations and all what happened on the pitch. See you there.